0: Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. Hey, well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. and Welcome again to our shared online service. Today, we're continuing on in our summer series that will take us all the way to September in the book of James. We're in week two of the book of James, and for this series, our hope is that you would be refreshed, that you would be encouraged, that you would, you would be convicted in the nature of your faith. You know, for James, he was all about how Christians think and how Christians speak and how Christians act, and so our faith is an active faith, and so I'm hoping that this summer, would be a level of intentionality, care, and, and action, Christian life on display within us. And we know that, that online isn't necessarily the best medium, and our hope is that you'd be refreshed again during this summer. So what we've done is created a resource guide for you. We have that online, but we also printed them out. They look like this. If you haven't gotten one yet, make sure you connect with your leadership at your local congregation. There are discussion questions in this that are meant for smaller groups type settings, whether that's in backyard hangs or or whether that's, again, digital. And there's also something just for you, for your spiritual formation. It's a prayer guide that is on the daily, right? So every day you got this guide that will give you uh, readings from the Book of Common Prayer in continuity with the church calendar and with Christians all over the world. You have a prayer practice that's more reflection. The whole thing takes about five to 10 minutes. So make sure you get one of these and you will be blessed. I really do believe that this will be a gift for you during this summer. Well, as I said just a minute ago, we're in this series on the book of James called James, A Community Put to the Test. And what I love about James is that it's practical and it's punchy. You know, it really gets after the intersection of how we we think, how we speak, and how we act. One way to describe it is like if you've ever read a book and maybe you're a college student or maybe you have to read for work. and it's about two hundred pages too much. You just give me the cliff notes. You can condense this into a ten page document or an academic type journal. That's what James is. James just gets after it and applies everyday wisdom for the life of a Christian in all circumstances. And now we know this, and nothing I'm going to say here is probably surprising, but I think there's a disparity between how we think as Christians and how we live as Christians. Not just in this time, but in general. And so, so James is all about a Christian faith that is to be lived out. I think where we camp out a lot of times, or the, the temptation for us to do, is, is to get everything perfect in our minds or in our ideology so that we can we can say the right things and that we can, we can do the right things. We just don't want to be wrong. We don't want to, to uh, make a mistake. And so what happens is we just think a lot and we, we build our ideology and we struggle to apply it. And, and the thing that's so frustrating about that is that we have the greatest mechanism for mistakes. We have grace, Certainly grace for us to to live out the way of Jesus as explicitly stated in the Gospels and here in the book of James. I mean, the Christian definition of love is an unconditional love, that God loves you despite the mistakes that you make, despite the struggles that you might have. And so this series is very much catered towards action and living out our faith. know i know i'm going a bit long in the introduction and that's kind of my thing is i always preach not the first sunday i preach the second one and then i do a lot of what was done in the first sunday but you know it's a gift to you and so here you go francis chan has this really uh well-known illustration perhaps you've heard it and he he talks about the church um like a circumstance in his house like he goes to his daughter and he says go clean your room go clean your room and then a few hours later, he, he finds his daughter pacing the halls back and, and forth, and she's just saying, go clean your room, go clean your room, go clean your room. And he says, hey, have you cleaned your room? And, and, and she says, I just wanted to memorize what you said to me, and what you said to me was go and clean your room, and so I know now that you said go clean your room. Well, the next day, he, he finds his daughter in the, in the middle of the messy room with a piece of paper writing out, go clean your room. And, and he says, have you cleaned the room yet? And she says, no, I just wanted to analyze the structure of the sentence. And what I've discovered is that you said, go clean your room. And then he continues by saying the next day he finds a, a group of friends in a circle in the messy room. And they are talking about all sorts of ways that they can clean the room and, and all different uh, energies that they need for it. They pray so that they have spiritual power to clean the room. And all the while, he says, the room, it remains messy. Well, this is quite a lot like the way we treat the great commission of Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commandments that he taught to us. And he's with us till the end of the age. He says there can be a disconnect in us actually doing the hard work of making disciples. And so what we need to do is we need to apply the things that we think and the things that we say to the activity of our lives. That is the real dynamic of the Christian life. And it's it's hard. It's especially difficult when you're going through hard times, difficult times, challenging seasons, when your faith, as it were, was, is put to the test. And this is where James uh, finds himself as he's writing to this broad audience. He finds this same tension that's at play. You know, he's, he's writing to Jewish Christians who's been dispersed as a result of persecution. Acts chapter 11 tells us that, that when Stephen was killed, when he was brought before uh, the Jerusalem council and they were enraged and they took him out and they, they stoned him to death, the persecution fell heavy on the Christian church in Jerusalem. And so all these people are sent out all over the place, and they're sent out with this posture of, do we, in light of the persecution that we had, do we make it open that we are people of the way? Or do we kind of just live in these two worlds and seen as Christian within our Christian circle or as worldly in our worldly circle? So this is, this is where James is writing. This is how James is writing. And he's writing to remind the readers that that God brings about difficulties in the midst of a believer's life for a purpose. He doesn't just sit outside of troubles or outside of difficult seasons or difficult times. Again, none of this is probably alarming for us theologically, but the reality is that's the real game. I mean, that's where we are experiencing the most difficulty within our faith, not in peaceful times, but in really hard times and difficult times. Will we let go or will we, will we clamp on tight to our, our faith? So James suggests to these readers that it's because of this tough time that he is writing to. It's one of the key reasons that he's writing to them. In light of these trials, in light of these difficulties, let us embrace an undivided commitment to God in Christ Jesus to persevere and endure. So today... I want to share just briefly about faith and wisdom in the midst of trials. So our text for today is James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5. And this is what he says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And then he says this in verse 5, very important, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So James is writing from a place of family, and I definitely see this as, as an an older believer of the way, he's certainly a, a, a key leader within the church, sitting down and giving wisdom from a place of family. You know, that land's different when you get counsel from somebody who has your best interest in mind. Dear brothers and sisters, troubles are gonna come your way. And when they do, I want you to, to see them as a great opportunity and a great opportunity for, for joy. So when James talks about these troubles and trials, uh, he's really framing them in terms of trials. The words there, they have two meanings in the New Testament. One is external, and then one is internal. The external one, which is used here as well as like in 1 Peter chapter four, the external one is, is relating to a process of testing, an outward process of testing that is meant to strengthen that is meant to support, that is meant to produce something that will endure and persevere for a long, for a long time. The second, and that's the internal one, has to do with the inner uh, tension, the inner enticement towards sin. So we think about that in, in, in terms of these temptations that come on us really hard and really fast, and that can be a real test and a real struggle. I think about 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says this, people who want to get rich, they fall into this temptation, and it's a trap into many, many foolish and harmful desires. They plunge them into ruin and destruction. That internal pull towards sin is significantly uh, different than like 1 Peter 4, when Peter says the same thing that James does. Like, this is an opportunity for joy, but don't be surprised when Fiery trials come your way. Don't be surprised when you go through difficult things. And hey, listen, don't act like you're the weird guy. Don't act like you are somehow abnormal or you've done something wrong. This is actually part of the human life and and the Christian life. I think when we're going through difficult times, we think about that. I'm the only one. I'm struggling. So we tend to kind of keep it to ourselves unless we are experiencing something uh, like we are in 2020. I mean, you think about the trials of 2020, it's like we signed up for a seven-week subscription, and we just can't find out how to cancel it. They say the troubles come in threes, and we're like, it, it's a lot more than that genera- generationally uh, here within cer- certainly, certainly COVID. So I, w- I want to say this just plainly, like when Christians experience a test or a trial, uh, of great magnitude that can be overwhelming and difficult or subtle little things maybe i mean this might sound really small but you have just like a an anger problem or you're, you're just got all this kind of pent-up aggression or whatever like that can be a season of trial or temptation for you or rather sorry a testing of your faith or trial for you but when when that testing happens it shows that something very real is happening you know there are many different types of of tests, right? There's actual persecution. Many in the world are suffering from actual persecution because of their faith. There are those fierce and nasty temptations I shared with you earlier. Uh, They can strike suddenly when you're not expecting them and they can be so disorienting and overwhelming. Trials or tests can can include physical sickness or the loss of life, bereavement. They can be family or financial troubles and the list goes on and on. But I will say this, when a test comes your way, when a trial comes your way, it shows that there's a dynamic that's actually real within the Christian life. You know, mechanics, to use this kind of picture, they don't test scrap metal. Mechanics test cars that are going to have to face tough conditions. It's kind of like that ni- 2019 uh, Academy Award-nominated film, Ford versus Ferrari, right? The entire the tire film, could be just attached to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5. The entire film is all about testing and retesting and strengthening in order to endure the 24 hours in Le Mans. 24-hour race, half of it's at night, in the darkness, difficulty, fatigue steps in. And so for years, preparing this, this particular vehicle to run that race. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, if I look at my life as a race, I definitely, and I've run a couple marathons, I definitely would, would prefer to be a Ford GT kind of picture of David, you know, like a little bit more, you know, speedy than my 2016 marathon, which for those of you who were there, broke down eight miles left and kind of hobbled my way uh, to the finish line. But when we go through trials, it shows something real has happening. Um, Those who follow Jesus as Lord uh, are not simply supposed to just live comfortable lives. We're not supposed to just survive. We're not supposed to just get by. And there's a pull there. There's a tension there. If I could just not have these things in my life, then I would be content. And we we see the, the early Christian authors really refuting that and challenging that. And Paul even would say, I've learned how to be content with, with good times and with bad times. Highs and lows, I've been content because I've found all that I need in Christ Jesus. So we're not supposed to simply survive. Christians are meant to make a difference in this world. We're made to make impact. And that will scale. That might be just one person, or that might be something massive in terms of impact for a great many different people. You know, whether your uh, impact is quiet daily witness bearing, which to be really frank with you, like when we get older, most of our Christian life will be just that, our advocacy for the church in prayer, in persistence, in wisdom, or making a difference through something big, that chance opportunity to speak and act in a way that reveals the gospel to many different people. So for all of this, we need to become strong. We need to face up to challenges. And in order to do that, what James draws upon is this word that we struggle with. We we talked about it in the last series, but is patience. It's one of the key themes throughout the book of James, chapter five, verse seven, for a reference. When these things come your way, when you're going through a difficult time, don't panic, don't overreact, don't turn a problem into a crisis, but be patient. Learn to, to be comfortable in the discomfort or in the difficulty and learn to ask those questions of saying, God, what are you doing in the midst of this? Because if we can learn to be patient through difficult times, it'll have its complete effect over our life. It'll make us more of a spiritually whole person. So let it work through your system. N.T. Wright, uh, in his little devotional on this, on this particular passage of scripture, he says, imagine your life like a house. And faith is what happens when you look out the window away from yourself to the God who is so much greater than you. And patience is what happens inside the house when you do that. Now that's really difficult because when we start to think about troubling times and and testing, we can ask that question, a very important question to take to the Lord and and to, to process in community. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or why does God's righteous people suffer? And James doesn't really give an answer to that question apart from their suffering has a purpose and that God is in control. But what he does direct us to is in verse five. He doesn't give us the answer, but he gives us the source. He says, if you lack wisdom, go to our generous God. Ask of him and he will answer. It's kind of like, as Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and the answer will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. I think we've lost our persistence in seeking out the why from the one who holds all things together. And, and furthermore, I'm just going to press on you. Because we live in ideological town, that's, a, that's what I've called, you know, postmodernism, um, ideological town world or whatever. Because of that, we think that answers will provide solutions. But when you're going through a trial or when you're going through a difficult time, I don't think an answer would change the experience. And you can have all the answers in in Christianity, mainline Christianity, we can throw in evangelicalism because we're evangelical as a church. It lives in this. It lives in a place where we say the right answer will transform the way in which you live. And I just think that it's, it's supremely lacking. You know, you can have all the answers, not a transformed heart. You can have all the equipping in the world and not love your neighbor. Look at the, the parable of the Good Samaritan for an example, another parallel to this passage of scripture. You can think all the right things and know all the right things, but journeying through something, well, that's an entirely different story. I just wanna close with this. It's in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse six. As Peter says, in this rejoice." For now, though a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the result of praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ Jesus our Lord. couple words, and I'm really pushing on time. Keep the faith. Nothing of substance comes without struggle. Look at kids. Look at your kids or your friends with kids. Look at your careers. When you started, they weren't easy. Keep the faith. The Lord is with you. The Lord will walk through it and find that you will be tested and found not wanting. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missyodechicago.com.